0: so hard to blame somebody else in our lives so that we don't have to take responsibility and it, you know I've heard people talk about their parents and they're like both of my parents are gone like their body is no longer on this earth why am I still blaming them for something Mm -hmm. like when are we as human beings going to take radical responsibility Mm -hmm. for how we think how we feel And how, like that, you know, the, like the, the current to want to like blame somebody else. And so that is the work, like that's the work that I teach. That's the work that I do. And I think that is the human experience is to come back to yourself every single day and to be like, how do I want to feel? And Mm -hmm. even though my child is having a tantrum, how, how do I want to feel? What do I need and when you keep coming back home to yourself.
1: Fearless and Successful Podcast is hosted by Coach D. That is me. <laughs> Designed for change makers just like you. As a coach. Activator of Human Potential, and Freedom Architect, I have one mission with this podcast. To inspire you to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. I love all things mindset, money, and manifestation. So I will be sharing my favorite tips and tricks to help you activate your infinite potential by taking aligned and inspired action. You can also expect fearless stories from leaders around the world Who designed life and business on their own terms. If we can do it, so can you. If you're ready, my fearless friend, let's get this party started.
0: You can love your work and work used to be my everything. It was Mm. because I was so depleted in other areas of my life that I loved my work. So then I became a workaholic and I still love working, but I had to purposely Begin to generate joy outside of my business, and that's when I started working out. That's when I started um, going on these adventures. Like, and I purposely have to put those things on my calendar yes. because if I don't put those things on my calendar, I will work. I will fill it with work. And I had a friend specifically like blow up her entire business, and she goes, "How do you do? How do you do this?" And I. Said, that I don't get all fulfillment from my business solely. I said, you're, you're literally blowing shit up because without your business, you don't know who you are.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, fearless people. We have another very special episode. Um, we, kind of a title these shows becoming the millionaire (laughs) and I get to interview this amazing female leaders who did the job did the work and um they're on the the successful path creating impact but also being very mindful about the impact that they are creating and I met my guest in one of the circles which is very very um kind of that mission-driven heart-centered and today with me heather showin oh, thank you
0: thank you i'm so excited for this conversation i love connecting to a fellow heart-centered entrepreneur
1: yeah and before we go into this story which i'm super excited about Um, I'm going to give you, give my audience a little brief intro to who you are. So Heather is a leadership coach who helps successful women courageously and authentically live, work, and parent on their own terms. She's a TEDx speaker, author of Dying to Be a Good Mother, and host of highly loved podcasts Emotionally Uncomfortable with over 6 million downloads. You guys, you have to listen to her podcast because her guests are on fire and I just love the message that's coming, is coming through the podcast, Emotionally uh, Uncomfortable. This is where we are at, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I can go on and on and on about that, you know, title and how I got to it, um, But yeah, it's funny because for those who can't see me right now, so I have a neon sign behind me that says emotionally uncomfortable. And my head always sits on the un, like the un, so it looks like emotionally comfortable. And yeah, it's like we're too emotionally comfortable in our pain and discomfort, and it's also emotionally uncomfortable to create freedom and joy, all the things in between. So yeah
1: amazing um ah so good and we'll probably talk about this through the book and i want to go back to december 21st of 2013 that's a relevant date because december 21st 2012 my daughter was born so yeah. there you go and that was also when you were diagnosed with uh cancer of uh, stage four mm-hmm. which is wow um tell us about the story and
0: yeah. It's actually interesting because I've told this story so many times and everyone, you know, the having cancer or a big traumatic experience in your life is, everyone's like, oh my gosh, how did you get over that? Or how'd you go through that? But here's the interesting part. When I wrote my book, Dying to Be a Good Mother, and, you know, I was in... I was a business owner before I had cancer. The work that I do now, I was actually doing before my diagnosis. Um, And I consider cancer like, I'm not gonna say a speed bump. People are like, oh, that's a little speed bump. But it was a little bump. It was one of many in my life. But it was the one where I checked the box and I said, I am done suffering. Like I am done with this BS and so it was december 21st and i remember walking into the hospital and this was the second night i was in the hospital because the first night i actually left i went by myself and i said to myself i do not belong here i am not sick enough to be in this room And I had mild back pain, abdominal bloating. I've been complaining for a while. There's all these other symptoms that were going on. My husband's like, I'm going to stay home with the kids. My youngest was a year old at the time. I have three boys. And he's like, I'm going to stay home with the kids, put them to bed, do all that. You're going to go to the hospital. You're going to drive yourself there. You're not leaving until you see somebody. I'm there for a few hours, bored out of my mind, telling myself all these stories. And then I just walk out. Like I literally walk out. They call me a few hours later, like, Heather, where'd you go? You're MIA. Like, you shouldn't do that. So the next night, he drives me to the hospital. He's like, y- I am not leaving. It was, I was like a runaway bride, okay? I'm like, I am. He's like, you are not leaving this hospital until you are seen. So I get a CT on my abdomen and some blood work. And that night, D, on the spot, the doctor, I remember when she pulled back the curtain, she's like, you have cancer we just don't know what kind. And this is the interesting part. I knew I had cancer, like that knowing like washed over me. And so I actually feel like the running away was me running away from my knowing. And That night, because of all the work that I was already doing, you know, I I went to the retreats, I had the coaches, I listened to the podcast before they were even what they are today, I had the books. And I remember walking out of the hospital that night, it was raining and where I live, it should have been snowing like it was just a very weird night. And I looked up at the sky and I said, Okay, you finally have my attention. Like, I was completely numb, but everything stopped. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I surrender. I will listen to you. And that was a pivotal moment in my journey, but it wasn't about cancer. Like most people, you know, their journeys. It was about what the universe had to throw at me in order to get me to surrender.
1: Wow, and this is so interesting because I feel that most women entrepreneurs that I work with is they're like the structure is very masculine energy, and and you know we have to do things and we have to, you know, go go go. And what you're talking about, and also I want to touch very interesting aspect that I absolutely love about energetics and managing the energy instead of uh, time, but. You also say something very interesting that it's learning to receive, which is very, very difficult for women to just be and to just surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the lesson that you're just talking about. So tell us more about that.
0: Yeah, it's actually interesting that you bring this up because I was thinking about it this morning. So I'm like getting over a cold, um, you know, in a weird season of my life right now where like we all have seasons and periods but everything is always fluid right everything is always flowing there's never a arrival like oh when i get here then everything will be perfect i let that go a long time ago but i've realized especially in my parenting journey but definitely in my business journey that the masculine and the feminine have to dance together because i see people on one side who are in their feminine and loving it, like not loving it, but like in their feminine and like, you know, receive and do all of this, but they're not taking action. They're not doing the things that are required, um, like feeling the fear and doing it anyways. Sometimes I get that you can be both, but you have to find your own energy. You have to find what works, what doesn't work. And people would say, or I would assumed that I was like, hardcore living in my masculine before my diagnosis which is interesting because i was teaching meditation and doing all of that and feeling probably more into my feminine than i actually do now but here's the interesting part about that i was doing the work air quotes like doing the meditation going to yoga feeling all the things but I was still avoiding this deep, deep wound that I was worthy of wanting what I wanted and feeling the way that I wanted to feel. I was dancing around it, although on the outside it looked like I was in my feminine. Because that moment where, you know, after my diagnosis, and I'm going through my healing process, and I'm doing all the things that need to get done, I had to be very masculine. I had to be like, check the boxes, get shit done. Um, You know, who's who's taking care of the kids, who's doing this, who's doing that, like I had to go into get shit done mode. But I remember the day where I could no longer allow fear to dictate my action because I had no option. And I felt like my back was against the wall. And I'm, I'm literally sitting there going, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. What if I die? Um, oh wow, I still need to work while I'm going through treatment. Like We're not in a place, nor did we have the structure set up where I had the privilege of doing that. So I was doing calls from my hospital bed, which actually gave me life because it was very energizing because I love my work so much. And I'm sitting there and then I'm angry and resentful at my husband because he, quote unquote, can't take care of me or can't figure this out or whatever it is. And I'm like, the only way out is through. And so I had to dance with the masculine and the feminine in the moment where I was like, okay, you are absolutely terrified right now. Close your eyes, talk to your fear, mother your fear, nurture your fear, drop into your body. But at the same time, I had to get shit done it was, it's this dance. And that's what I still do to this day.
1: I remember the day when fear stopped controlling uh, my life. I think that that is so important because sometimes we are always in that react mode. We are reacting to the certain circumstances and instead of like really responding and being mindful that um, when you react, that's the energy that you bring into the game, right? And um, I think that I became so because what you're saying right now, like masculine energy, is so much present. I've been an entrepreneur for twenty years, and I think that is the the structural, the get shit done energy. But the feminine allows the creativity and the flow to come in, and that energy is so so beautiful because it's not pushy, it's not force but it's flow and freedom and very beautiful state (laughs) so yes i think um are are we playing about (laughs) yeah so i think that you're on point uh having that awareness of of being in, in a dance with both of your energies. I think that's so important for me, most of my entrepreneurial journey. I and basically because I am a, an immigrant daughter, I high achiever. Um, I always had this mentality: you have to work hard, you have to hustle, you have to study hard. I did all that, checking the box. But I found myself in that, hey, you know what? There's something more. When I surrender and when I'm open to receiving whatever is coming through me, something magical. And just like this, Ah, oh, it's so beautiful and so effortless.
0: I think a lot of times, you know, yes, we're taught about the hustle. We're taught like, quote unquote, work hard equals success. And I think it's effort and intention because, you know, over the years, especially the lat, like since my diagnosis, um, I've learned more about, intention and where your energy goes your energy flows and I have a lot of time and space in my in my day you know my business is has scaled um and I have a, a fabulous team and I really I delegate a lot because it, it's more of like how do I want to feel how do I want to lead and it has taken so much unlearning you know like even yesterday I was Um, I was just, I was like bored. I was literally bored. And I can't tell you how many people I would be able to have that conversation with, which is not many, right? Friends, colleagues to say, I'm bored. But that's, that's where the magic happens. That's where the creativity comes in. And knowing like, as you grow and scale, if you do it in a healthy way, you should have more time, you should have more energy. And for so many of us, we grew up in this survival mode, you know, mental survival mode, physical survival mode, uh, financial survival mode. And our parents grew up that way, or they grew up opposite, but they still had that like survival mode mentality. Um, because there are people who have lots of money, but still have like the fear of losing it all, which we all can have our fears pop up and out, but it's like knowing how to manage those emotions. And so, You know, I've done so much work to unlearn and to get into the state of momentum or a thrival state, and I still have days. Like, you know, I'm not feeling amazing, but like you're dealing with your humanness. And the kind of the filter that I have now in my life is how do I want to feel? We all know how we don't want to feel, but I think how we don't want to feel is our default and it's our go-to and it's what's comfortable and it's what we know. So we know we don't want to be in debt. We know we don't want to be, you know, fit chronically fatigued or exhausted. And then we convince ourselves, well, when this happens, then I'll have more energy. And so post treatment, post cancer, and I talk a lot about this in my book, and it's the foundation of what I teach, which is reverse engineering how you want to feel, which is essentially, I mean, it's, there's no new information out there. It's manifesting, but it's, it's Danielle Laporte was a huge, um, influence, um, at that time for me because her book Desire Map came out right before I was diagnosed and I was reading it. I was like, yes, I love this concept. This is amazing. And then I just put the book away. But after treatment, I was like, I don't want to feel like shit anymore. I don't want to feel dead inside. I don't want to feel broken. Like, what am I going to do? And I started asking myself, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? And putting practical things on my calendar. Like if you wanted to feel alive and energized, if you wanted to feel spacious, what do you need to do today in order to feel that way? And it might be something as simple as like going for a walk just to be. And so because that's, where my intention is chronically. I am always asking myself that in business. I'm always asking myself that in parenting. I'm always asking myself that in life in general, and I'm not doing the things because I have to, I'm doing them because I want to, but also there are days where you just got to get shit done that you don't want to do. But because my cup is so full with all the things that when, you know, I always say when you got to pay your taxes, or when you have to do the laundry or, you know, whether you're doing that yourself or you're outsourcing it, whatever, there's always going to be things that you have to do things that don't light you up. But when that's 10% of your day, rather than a hundred percent of your day, you know, it makes a big difference energetically, especially when you're already full. So you can be human and have a thriving, successful business and your personal relationships can be thriving and successful. And you don't need to sacrifice anything for that, but you also need to realize the duality of like understanding your fear and co-creating your life with that. But this whole, like, you know, how do you do it all? I don't, I don't. And stop asking that question. It's ridiculous. And today it's sunny outside and I may want to spend more time outside. And then next week I might just be getting shit done and like behind the computer more. And so it's really about asking yourself, what do I need to feel more like myself today? And start the baby, baby habits, chipping away at that.
1: Oh, my God. So much resonance here. Um, I love intentional scheduling. (laughs) I also love one of one of the things that I implemented in my calendar would be like, uh, instead of like, oh, this is a you know, podcast interview. I would say like, oh, this is a connection call about energy, you know, or something like that. Also bringing that joy into your schedule with the titles and really feeling good about it. And I love how you said, when my cup is full, then I get to do also the things that I don't love. Sometimes we just feel that what you said, oh, when, when I get there, so then I'm going to feel energized. But what if you would feel like this right now, right here and And I believe that people don't get burned out. And I had my shares of burnouts. Um, We don't get burnout because we do all of the things, but because we don't have in our schedule um, a lot of things that light our soul on fire. That's the thing, like, and you get to choose. If you're an entrepreneur, that's the freedom. That's your choice.
0: But isn't it interesting how people get into business because they want freedom?
1: Yeah. And then they lock themselves in, they imprison themselves,
0: right? 100%. And that's when you start to have to ask yourself, why am I not giving myself permission to create more freedom? And it doesn't matter, you know, we all have a history. We have, but I identify as a woman. I grew up as a woman. And we have unique baggage. And that baggage is we have been literally raised to nurture other people and so the second you say what do I want what do I need for a lot of people that is very emotionally uncomfortable to ask themselves that question and then to act on it because when you start acting on that people around you who you've Created one type of relationship with start to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, are you okay? Like, why are you disrupting our flow? And it's not that they're, you know, it it's not that they are mad at you or you're disrupting them. It's just different. And you're, you know, it's we're changing the energy. But I remember as a child, I was always this rebel. I always asked questions. And back then, You know, it was like, oh, there she goes again, or she's that type of person. And I always had this like story or armor that it was me against the world. And back then that was not helpful. As I became, especially when I became a young mom and then as an adult, because of that armor, I'm like, I don't need your approval. Like, I really don't need your approval and oh heather's gonna be heather right but if you've grown up as a chronic people pleaser and your whole identity is not even just wrapped around motherhood because i mean my i freaking built my whole business off motherhood so that is a whole identity thing in itself but beyond motherhood if you are don't identify as a caregiver um were so many other things to other people and you're like who am i at my core but the funny thing is is the more you you become like just kind of digging through the dirt to figure that out. Like it's in there. You just gotta you gotta keep digging. I call them breadcrumbs. You're like, ooh, that was exciting. That lit my soul on fire. And then you become you and that is exactly what the world needs from you. That's what everyone wants from you. But you have to be willing to do the emotionally uncomfortable work to figure that out.
1: Wow. Like you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Um I got from which is now, I'm not blaming anyone because I had my share of lessons that I needed to learn through my 20 plus marriage that ended up last year, um, which was very codependent because I'm a people pleaser, because I am an empath and I needed to give so much. And raising three young girls was always, they come first. My cup was never filled, never, never, never. And that changed when I, out of the, the marriage and I started to take care of myself and my teenager who is 14 right now bless her um, I believe that I also am learning her to take care of her- herself and be unapologetic about that mm-hmm. there was a point when I said you know what this is now my time and you need to wait And she was like what the fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does that even mean and I said you know what, I'm going to have this meeting. And after an hour, when I'm done, I'm going to take care of you. And she was like, why do you even have kids if you can't take care of us? <laughs> I was like, that's a strong, strong word. I do take care of your, you. At first, I need to take care of myself. And that is okay. And that was so uncomfortable for me to say because 14 years, she was basically raised that she comes first. Mm-hmm. And I needed to set boundaries and it was uncomfortable but I didn't negotiate about it and that was like kind of oh, I'm freaking out right here I just want to hug her right and say that it's okay and I love her but I was like really strong and that kind of uh it went down our relationship was like a firehouse like for some time but now it's like it's so beautiful after a certain time when we adjusted and we kind of agreed on how we're gonna dance in our playground mm-hmm. it's so so beautiful it's that respect and also me giving her that Space. You know what? You can take care of yourself first and it's okay.
0: And what a gift, right? What a gift to, like in the moment, we think we're being so selfish and we're like harming our children and we're going to screw them up and they're going to talk about us in therapy, which they're going to regardless. But what a gift to say, hey, I see you're frustrated and upset about that. I honor that. And let's talk about it in an hour. And you're just teaching her that we are all worthy of our own time and space. And then when she becomes an adult and if she has a family and she can continue to have those boundaries, right? And it's such a beautiful gift. And I'm dealing that with that in a different way with my 17 year old where, it was him and I for a while, like we were, we take on the world together. And then, you know, he used to say to me all the time, I just want your approval. Like he, he would outwardly say, I mean, he grew up with me talking about feelings all the time and he's like, Oh, I just, are you proud of me? Are you proud of me? And I was like, buddy, you gotta be proud of yourself. And then one day it was about a year ago. He's like, I no longer want your approval. And I was like, secretly, you probably still do, but like outwardly, he was really trying to like break that pattern of I don't want your approval. And I watched this whole year him rebel, like just rebel, like you tell me to eat this, I'm going to eat the complete opposite. And I know it's coming from a loving place because he's still trying to find his way. But our relationship has been interesting this year. And there's a deep respect that we hold for each other, but the conflict Um, has been interesting. And it was partially me grieving, you know, him going into adulthood and then him probably grieving the little boy, but also trying to find his way into who am I as an individual. And it is just fascinating to me that if you, like I think the more self-awareness you have is such a beautiful gift. And talk about this personal identity Right? Like having your child say to you, well, he never really said that to me because I've always had some sort of sense of self and partially that's because I always felt so lost. But now he can go out into the world and I'm like, I know what I'm like. I know who I am beyond motherhood or at least there's parts of me, even though mothering is a huge aspect of my life. But I would never want to put that burden on my children. Like my happiness is your responsibility.
1: Whoa, that's so good. My happiness is not your responsibility. I love this because I oftentimes like for me, I was not just codependent on my husband or taking care of him or kids, I was also codependent of my business. My business, because I love my work, I would literally like it makes me happy, and I can't get bored enough to just be like just. Woman, just lay on the floor and be with yourself and enjoy your time. Like, that was not something that I could really grasp in my mind. But now, like, when I tell people, like, I do meditate for two hours a day, it's like, how do you do that? I just do it, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And it's like, right,
0: friend, like, last, yeah, I said this to a friend last year. I said, you need to get your joy out of your business, like outside of your business. And I said, you,
1: yes. Yes. So that's like really separating the, I love what you're saying, like where you're separating your identity as a person, as a woman, apart from being a mother or being an entrepreneur, but really knowing, I love that, what you said, like knowing who you are in your essence, without having these t- titles mm-hmm. yeah. and roles. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wife, want I to was t-
0: gonna say I'm <laughs> wife is still a what? role that I play. <laughs> But I have never, I'm I'm the opposite of codependent. I'm that hyper independence. Mm-hmm. So that has always been my identity in my relationship. And I I often ask my husband, like, I, I cause I don't understand the codependent. Like, I'm it actually is painful for me to be codependent on him. And that mm-hmm. has been my lesson of like, mm-hmm. it's okay, Heather, if you're sitting here. And he's making dinner for the children. Like I have to stop myself. Um, so it's it's interesting because it's the opposite. We're all just, we all mm-hmm. have coping strategies. Yes. And yeah, to let him in.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was not that I was dependent on him. I was, I'm strongly independent. I, I, <laughs> escaped my my house. <laughs> escaped my mother when I was 17 and got married with my husband so it was like you know I was always independent always taking care of my financial freedom um that was never a case but it was him because he had a gaming addict and all this, you know, it was, but it's also that part of me that needed to just take care. My parents divorce when I was 14, so I was taking care of my brother and it was always something I need to take care of someone. And being an empath, is everyone okay? Then I am okay. Yeah. Then I feel safe when everyone else is okay, which is not the case in, in big families. Like always someone needs something.
0: So um, I have a question for you. Yeah. (laughs) As an empath, because I would say I would identify as one as well. At the beginning of COVID, did you struggle? No. Okay, because at the beginning, I remember like COVID, I didn't struggle personally. I was like, wow, I'm great. I'm thriving. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. I can be with my family. But I remember going, oh crap, the ship is going down. My Mm -hmm. ship is going down. And I cannot help everybody. Mm-hmm. So there was a moment of that where I wanted to like rescue and help people. And I, I was like, let it go. They need to learn their own lessons. Yes. I did have that moment.
1: That was my lesson. And I think because I, you know, we talk about a lot about fear here. So for me, it was getting the state of love. That was me, like getting a state of love. If you're in state of love, everyone will benefit from that state. If I'm fearful and I feel that, I'm afraid for everyone else, that's not going to benefit anyone. So I was always priming myself, love, 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 love and light, even though it feels like, oh, where is this woo-woo? But really going to that high vibrational state and really feeling compassion and grace, but also love and projecting that. I decided from and maybe Sweden is a different because we did not suffer so much of, of we had such a beautiful, transparent leadership in our government. So it was like really, really cool to hear um, where we are going and how we are dealing with the situation. So freedom for us, freedom to breathe, to to go out, that was so important. That was so liberating that our government decided to take that stand. And it was kind of a, that allowed me to, to be in that state of I'm not encapsulated, I'm not in my home and praying for for peace and, and you know, love. I'm actually living that. Um, so I'm, I'm super grateful for my country for actually allowing us to be there. That was kind of a, that.
0: From that comment, it is fascinating to me how what I'm hearing you say and we all know this but it's like I'm just saying it the energy of the leader of leadership mm-hmm. truly influences the culture. And yes. we all know this, right? But when you are infused in a culture like a an energy of a culture like a, a mainstream conversation or You know, if you go to another country where women's rights are not there at all, um, it's just, you know, for me, I always go back to in my lifetime, like me as one person is not going to change a whole culture. But if I change the culture within myself and Mm -hmm. I lead differently, the ripple effect of that. Yes. And it is way, yes, I'm not going to say it's way easier to do it when your environment is has better leadership that I can't influence, but I can put up those boundaries. I could say, you know what, social media is is a lot right now and I'm going to work on my energy and I'm gonna work on the energy in my home and I'm gonna work on the energy in my business. And I see a lot of people get stuck in cultural energy or, you know, culture within a family, culture within, you know, a bigger culture and I'm like, yes, but create your own culture because Mm. how you lead is, is you're going to trickle that out. And so whatever's coming at you, if it's not aligned with how you want to feel, you get to say, no, 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 no. Like stop, (laughs) realign, reassess, change your, you know, vibe, (laughs) quote Mm -hmm. unquote vibe. But, and that doesn't just happen with like closing your eyes and meditating for two hours once. That does not just happen once. It's like, how I show up. Right. So even the conversations I have with people, I'm like, I'm not loving this energy. Let's, and I don't like say, let's stop having this conversation. I'll be like, Hey, have you ever noticed this? And like the conversation shifts, it's like, where do you want your energy to go Mm -hmm. and start directing it there? It's a boundary. And you may have to redirect your attention a hundred times a day.
1: For me, it was really interesting because I was at that point where, like, especially when we're talking about leadership and how that shifted for people around me, because I shifted that vibe. And it was literally, people wanted to talk about it. And I was like, I'm not available for that. And this was my, I'm not available. My mom would call me and she would say, so they live in another country and it was shit show there. And she would talk and she would say like, how is there? And I'm like, we talk a bit with our daughters just for the sake of it, but it's literally, we don't allow fear to, but you should be afraid, you should wear a mask. And I'm like, no, and I'm like, I'm not available for this conversation. If you want to talk about something else, okay. Otherwise like, you know, we're not going there. And during these two years, my parents did not visit. Um, Interestingly, they're both here. during May, my mom came for two weeks, and my dad is right here now. And we, the energy that we are actually discussing the situation that is uncomfortable is dependent on my energy. It's so interesting. I set the tone, and it's so interesting how my parents are actually like, okay, yeah, that's okay. We are totally like, you know, in the vibe. And it's so, so cool because I feel so much peace to actually express i don't want this conversation to go there i was a middle child i always obeyed my i was a i was not a rebel i was a very good girl like i listened to my parents but now it's like this hey you know what i'm not okay with this i don't want to talk about this this is my life and they would go like you know how did you left you know left your husband with three kids how are you managing all this i'm like can you just trust me that i can handle everything I'm okay. I'm in peace. I have a very, I'm very well situated and I'm very aware of where I'm going. i you know, like, but we need to take care of you. I'm okay. When I need help, I'm going to ask for it. And I love this conversation, how we are actually having it and me being brave to have that, yeah. um, being trusting myself. I think that's the, the word.
0: You know, it's, I have so much empathy for those previous generations are like but i want to help you i want to help you and i can even see that compulsion inside of me where i'm like oh boy it's such a deeply rooted like primal thing to want to take care of our children that and yet we want them to become independent beings and we're like oh crap like they're actually doing it Mm -hmm. but yes there's like let me help you let me help you right and i truly believe our parents even you know, everyone has their own story, but I can, I can see both of my parents now from this lens of um, just they did the best that they possibly could. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I don't know. Lately I've been like, you know, the whole mother wound stuff, like this comes up a lot in my work. Like, oh, I grew up this way or my mother did it this way. And I was like, we're trying so hard to blame somebody else yes. in our lives so that we don't have to take responsibility. And it, you know, I've heard people talk about their parents. They're like, both of my parents are gone. Like their body is no longer on this earth. Why am I still blaming them for Mm -hmm. something? Like when are we as human beings going to take radical responsibility Mm -hmm. for how we think, how we feel Mm -hmm. and how like that, you know, the, like the, the current to want to like blame somebody else Mm -hmm. and so that is the work like that's the work that i teach that's the work that i do and i think that is the human experience is to come back to yourself every single day and to be like how do i want to feel and Mm -hmm. even though my child is having a tantrum how how do i want to feel what do i need and when you keep coming back home to yourself That is a beautiful freaking thing when you see other people in the world doing the exact same thing because you're like, this is easy to be in relationship with you. This is peaceful. This is magic. And, And I think, you know, in the last 10, 20 years, like I know this has been around for a while, but I think now it's becoming more mainstream, especially with people who have online businesses and are into personal development. But this is so intriguing to me that I would say in the last decade, it's more mainstream to be like, I am responsible. I am responsible. So I'm curious what's going to be like for my kids when they're adults.
1: I love that. And yeah, I just want, before you said responsibility, I had the word responsibility, but before that was also, let's get radical, honest with ourselves. Like where is where is my role in this? Because it's always a reflection, right? Where where do I actually not not am I am I playing that game or am am I not playing that game of my parents and also and then really taking responsibility? And I love that we have that mindfulness right now to be able to kind of shift the generation and go beyond what our parents were. And I do believe that our parents did our best. Like, I do believe that. And now we have the tools and we will never be perfect and our kids will have our own blame and everything. But I do believe that we, we're going towards a, you, better, I think, awareness of ourselves and also how are we actually taking responsibility to to feel. And for our, to taking care of ourselves. Like I love when you say, what do I need? How do I want to feel? Asking those simple questions on a day-to-day basis, it's going to reveal so much of, of what we are bringing. Yeah, to, to humanity and overall to our lives.
0: Yeah. And it's made me by asking myself those questions, I ask my children those questions all the time. I ask my husband those questions. I ask my team those questions. Mm. What do you need? How do you want to feel? And, you know, and then they're like, I want to take next week off. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, awesome. How can we make that happen? Right. And then you begin to co-create with people instead of becoming like a dictator and telling them what to do. I'm like, what do you need? And then when they come back and say, I don't know, I'm like, well, let's figure, figure yeah. that out. Like it's, yes. your, it's empowering. I'm not here to do anybody else's work. I'm just here to lead them back home to themselves. Mm -hmm. And that was also a huge lesson that I needed to learn with my clients as well is you literally have everything that you need. I have gone above and beyond to make sure that you do. But if you choose to blame me for your lack of effort without not asking questions, without not showing up like that, that is what you are here to learn is the radical Honesty—that you were not willing to look in the mirror mm-hmm. because success is inevitable. Mm-hmm. I remember jumping into that. Success is inevitable if you are just willing to believe that it's over there. You just have to walk to it and do the work.
1: <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, success is an inevitable for sure. Um, I want to wrap this up and be mindful of your time, um, but what is exciting for you right now? Uh, we we definitely, the book is amazing. And I want to say that um, the work that you do has such a strong impact, not just, we talked about this like on women, but also like, you know, you have, you're raising boys, also that aspect, how actually boys will treat women, right? And, and that there's a whole, a ripple effect, but what, what is exciting for you right now after the book and after, you know, a really, really um, successful and thriving career?
0: Yeah. Um, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is the unknown, to be honest with you. I feel like right now I'm in a playground where um, I'm in a deep state of gratitude. I was telling this to a friend, you know, for many, many years, you're just like one foot in front of the other and then now i'm like i created this i got here and it it almost makes me want to cry because i just remember for many many years it was like wouldn't it be nice if like a dream and you never think you're arriving ever and i still there's so many things that i want to do but it's like all you had to do was put one foot in front of the other so For me right now, it is um, my husband and I had a conversation and I said, listen, there's a few things on my calendar next year. We've taken all the roadblocks out, right? You, you know, you have the uh, luxury of working within the company now. And I said, the only thing stopping us is the kids' education and having them physically in school. What if we just take the next year? because now that the world is opening up and we decide to travel more. And we have no idea what that's going to look like. So I got him to buy into that. And so I'm like, yes, okay, step one, He he's bought in. Cause I'm the dreamer, I'm the visionary and he he's more slow to warm up. Um, and then that's it. So like, I, I I just don't wanna plan too much and just go with the flow because I have the flexibility and the freedom to do that.
1: The intention it's then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> scary and uncomfortable but exciting
1: yeah and what a privilege right to have that freedom to to take a year off um yeah. it's just like and i love that you that we are ending this on a gratitude note so i want to say thank you heather for showing up for my listeners for showing up in the world uh with the work that you do and um i'm extremely extremely uh, grateful for this conversation I took so many notes.
0: Thank you, I love having these convos. It brings me joy. So thank you for being you. And uh, yeah, for having yeah, me. The, the,
1: uh, tell us also like, I know that, you know, what's the, the, the answer, but also if people would love to connect with you, of course, we're going to link the book and all this good stuff and, and internet um, website. But if you would love people to send you a message, what would that look like?
0: Yeah. So I love when people connect with me one-to-one. So you can find me a message or find me a message. You can send me a message on Instagram. It's just at Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N. And I talk a lot on my podcast. I hang out there. So emotionally uncomfortable. Um, Yeah. And the book Dying to Be a Good Mother can be found anywhere books are sold online.
1: Amazing. Well, stay tuned, you guys. And thank you, Heather, again. Thank you thank you so 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 much you beautiful soul for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode i know you could be doing a gazillion other things and i don't take this lightly i really truly deeply appreciate your time and your support and if you love this episode Please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave us a review at reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. Let me say this again, reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. You can leave a review on any device which makes this super easy and sexy and really helps me to reach more people just like you. And with that being said, I'm sending you a daily dose of vitamin D. I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. Until next time, fearless dreamer.